Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to Apologetics.com Radio. Thank you for that, Daniel. That's a good way to enter a show, a little rock and roll up in the piece. And if you are listening, it is Friday? No, it's Saturday. Saturday morning. It's Saturday. It's 12.02, according to my little computer screen here, on the 16th of November, which is crazy. That means the year is almost over. Crazy. Unbelievable. We were talking earlier. I'm I'm in studio live. I'm John, and I'm with Dr. Leslie Wickman. And we were talking earlier um, just how fast time goes. Yeah. And this year has flown. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. I got to yeah. figure out what I want for Christmas. I got to make my Christmas list. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're tuning in, we are live. So that means you can call us at any time for the next 60 minutes with your questions having to do with anything in the area of value, religion, ethics, of course, apologetics. And tonight is our very, very special night because once a month we come to you live with the intention of talking about things um, in the realm of science, because this episode uh, every month is sponsored by the ASA, the American Scientific Affiliation. You guys all need to go to their website. Um, it's www.asa3, the number three, dot org, O-R-G. And on that website, guys, you guys are going to find a ton of free resources just for you to peruse um any number of topics. If you run a search on their website, you're going to find some amazing resources. But not, don't just stop at their free resources. Make sure you click the join button and become a part of the a- yes, ASA. Absolutely. And uh, talk to Leslie Wickman's like the boss of the ASA. I'm the executive director, so. which means boss. Well, I I have a boss though. Which means I do what I want. <laughs> I'm the executive director. That's so cool. Yeah, and, it is pretty cool. And you guys do like amazing things there. We do some cool stuff. Yeah, uh, our main thing is to promote the dialogue between science and theology. Um, we're a membership organization of Christians in the sciences as well as interested in the sciences. So think That's about awesome. that for a sec. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of scientific-minded people as well as people who are simply interested in the dialogue between science and faith. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you've got people who are experts in the field that they're in. Yeah. And then you've got people who are interested in the fields that people are experts in. Yeah, exactly. Like me. Like you. Like me. Exactly like you, John. Yeah. So I I like going to the website and looking it up. Whenever I'm asked a question and I don't know the answer to that involves science, the ASA is always a place I go. So it's ASA, the number three. Dot org dot org. Exactly. And uh, you guys, it's a free resource for you. Yeah. So. And we also want to plug our upcoming annual meeting, which is next summer, next July 24th through the 27th, uh, here in Southern California yeah. at Point Loma Nazarene University. So you can go to the science conference and then you can go surfing. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I don't surf. You surf. I do surf. You do everything. Well, I don't know about that. Dr. Wickman, she played volleyball. You <laughs> still play. I still play volleyball. I used to play football. And you used to play football. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's amazing. There's nothing you haven't done. Well, I don't know about that. You've done everything. No. Uh-huh. You've been on the, what is it called? The rocket vomit? The vomit rocket? The vomit comet. The vomit comet. <laughs> You've been on that. I have. If you don't know what that is, guys, that's the plane that astronauts go in the train in weightlessness, right? Yeah. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. You've been in weightless, uh, a weightless environment. I have. No zero gravity. Well, I mean, we we refer to it typically as microgravity because microgravity zero. It's never exactly zero because you always have some kind of disturbance that is not going to make it perfect zero. Sure. So in order to do that, you got to go up and then down yeah, you really do. fast. Well, you do actually you do a parabola, and so a it's parabola. over the top of the parabola over the top of the arc that you get uh, weightless, essentially. That's insane. And people throw up. Yes. Yes. Very frequently. <laughs> That's the name, yeah. Vomit Comet. Do they train so. you on how to throw up? No, but they do give you a lot of barf bags. Yeah. You know, we're we're kind of digressing from our topic tonight. <laughs> I don't know what our, our, our topic... You know what? I'm going to let you introduce okay. our topic. Because, you know what? This is actually a topic that I've wanted to talk to you about on the air for a long time. And I'm really glad that we get the opportunity cool. to do it. Awesome. Because it's going to be fun. Tonight's the night. What should we... Oh, wait. You know what? Before we do that, can I give people the number? Sure. Okay. So if you have questions about what we're talking about tonight, I'm not going to say it because Dr. Wickman's going to say it. And it's going to be really fun. Or anything to do with science, we would love to hear from you. Uh, the number is 888-995-KKLA. 
So that's 888-995-5552. And, uh, and we'd really love to hear from you. And uh, you guys are who make this show f- um, for us. We are completely um, uh, supported by our listeners, by the way. So if you want to uh, go to apologetics.com and uh, click the donate button, it's a tax-deductible donation. And uh, you guys keep us on the air. So if you guys are actually thinking of giving you know, end-of-year gifts... Uh, we would love to receive that end of year gift because uh, we. This is generally where we make the majority of our money, and uh, we do this free. I don't know. They're not paying you, I don't think. No, this is kind of. They over- should be paying you. Anyway, we we are also <laughs> in the middle of a our, of our annual fund campaign at the ASA also. So yeah. So ASA ASA the number three, three dot org and hit donate exactly. It's amazing. Yep. All right. So what are we going to talk about? Well, what we're going to talk about tonight is something that is, I've had a love-hate relationship with space Mostly movies. hate. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just be honest. <laughs> full disclosure, I've never been a sci-fi movie fan. So, um, I mean, it's very hard for me to watch, especially <laughs> space movies um, and I have to take off my rocket scientist hat in order to really enjoy a space movie because I otherwise I sit there and I kind of go, oh, that's so unrealistic. Yeah, and so stupid. Exactly. And it's very hard for me to just kind of put that aside and, and follow the storyline. But um, recently I was asked to write a movie review for a space movie, which shall remain nameless because I really can't recommend seeing it, this particular one. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> and so... Everybody's like, what movie? Anyway, yeah, okay, so... Well, so they can look it up online. They can. <laughs> um, but anyway, that particular movie kind of fell flat, but it made me realize the amazing opportunities that space and other sci-fi movies have to pursue some of life's really big questions. Um and so, for example, lessons can be learned from the paradigm-shifting power of spaceflight, um, which can change a person's perspective on all manner of existential topics, oh, such yeah. as life, time, God, the world, humanity. Everything. Our Origins. significance. Yeah, the vastness of the universe. You know, all these big questions. And, and a frequent reaction that people have after seeing the Earth from space is often reported one, as one of awe, wonder, and even compassion. And in fact, many astronauts come back from space profoundly changed by what is known as the overview effect, which is a term that was coined by author Frank White in his book of the same title, The Overview Effect, um, which is the observation and the simultaneous understanding that planet Earth which is frequently de- described by spacefarers as a blue marble suspended in a black void, is a real but fragile harbor for life in the vastness of space. So we'd all best just ignore our borders and our petty differences and <laughs> just get along with it, one another and take care of planet Earth as the unique and precious gift that it is. And so that's that's kind of what's known as the overview effect and a lot of astronauts uh, experience that when they come back, when they see see the Earth from space and then come back. Um, but and of course, these kinds of thoughts often lead to further pondering of the orderliness and the very specific composition, as well as the history and the origins of both the Earth and the universe, along with other uh, previously mentioned topics such yeah, as sure. life and God and, and human nature and all those sort of things. So once I started thinking some more oh. about the sci-fi movie genre, I realized that the, <laughs> the genre as a whole can be considered as a way to inspire or motivate a broad general audience to think about big questions they might not other otherwise yeah. address. Um, and, you know, those big questions, if we, as we've already said, relate to human nature and technology and the supernatural. And so, yeah, so there's a real opportunity here, I think. Um, and again, like I said, it kind of took me taking my technical rocket scientist hat off and, and just listening to the storyline a little bit more to, to kind of, you know, start thinking a little bit more deeply about uh, that opportunity. And so you often see uh, uh, similar themes in sci-fi movies that include wars between good and evil, uh, faith in something or someone bigger than oneself. I uh, you know, think about the Star, War- Star Wars and the Force, right? The Force be with you. Force be with you. Exactly. 
themes of selflessness and sacrificial love for others, uh, also salvation by superhero saviors who are not always fully trusted or appreciated for what they do for humanity, um, uh, as well as the dangers of technological advances outside of a moral or ethical f- uh, framework for their proper use, and also bringing up questions such as where did we come from, <laughs> why are we here, <clears throat> or what's our purpose. Yeah, those are the big ones. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so I think there's a real opportunity here. And you know, we've we've got a, a list of movies that uh, have come out over the years that have uh, undertaken some of these these uh, themes and questions. And um, it, it's just interesting to me um, because, you know, like I said, again, it's an opportunity uh, to address these big questions with an audience that might not otherwise be exposed to them. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's a, it's a good opportunity to help Christians think Christianly about the things that they're seeing. Exactly. Oh my gosh, there's so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, right, and it's a connecting point with Culture, absolutely. It's a conversation starter, you know, and so I think it's kind of like I say, it it could be an easily missed opportunity, but I think it it really uh, is something that uh, can encourage relevant conversations yeah. with all kinds of people. I mean, because yeah, cinema in general is a form of art, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and look when looked through a proper lens, even when it's not necessarily, you know, artful cinema, mm-hmm. it's just like what we, what, what I said before, it's numb, numb. It's just kind of, yeah. I put it on because it's visually appealing or whatever. Um, there's, there's larger worldview things to glean. Right. Um, and that's something with raising children. Yeah. Uh, my kids are into right now. They just, I'm not going to jump the gun, but they're into some sci-fi movies like Star Star sure. Wars. Okay. Star yeah. Wars. That's the one with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't watch a ton of, of, uh, of television, so yeah, um, but I know Star Wars, yeah, and um, and so my kids are watching that, and it's awesome being able to explain some of the significance, uh, worldview significance in right. these, and uh, and just pointing them out very briefly, you know, the, the, the existence of a force, the existence of a true, um, good and evil, right, stuff like that, so, exactly, yeah. yeah. This is a great, this is a great topic. Yeah, so we've we've kind of picked out some of the classics here on our list. You know, the first one that we have on the list is 2001 A Space Odyssey, which came out way back in 1968. I can't believe believe that. that. I know. I know. So, you know, I had to go back online and kind of review, you know, what the theme of a lot of these were because they're, they're really old movies, you know, and I haven't seen many of them for a very long time. So, so 2001 Space Odyssey, what's that? What, what is that movie about? Right. So, so it, it starts out with this, you know, kind of um, early human um, or or uh, uh, hominid kind of creatures, and um, it, it, the idea is that they are kind of gifted with this uh, idea of tools or technology by something beyond the planet. You know, whether that's supernatural or extraterrestrial, that kind of um, uh, gives them the realization that they can use animal bones as tools uh, to hunt and to deal with competition for food and things like that. And then shortly after that scene, you see uh, this bone being tossed up into the upper atmosphere and kind of morphing into a spacecraft. Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, so the idea of just connecting uh, early technology with advanced yeah, technology, yeah, right? Yeah. So so then they eventually end up going to uh, uh, a place where they think there are extraterrestrials, and I think it's uh, like somewhere in the vicinity of of Jupiter or something like that, like a a, a moon of Jupiter, and. Uh, in the process, this um, this computer, their flight computer, basically takes over. Everybody remembers Hal, oh, that's right. right? That's right. That's right. The computer Hal, right? I Hal haven't 9, seen this 000. movie in yeah. probably twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, so in in during the flight, basically the the computer is taking over and he's kind of slowly, systematically killing off the crew, right? Yeah. Until there's only one person left. Uh, and then 
the person that's left has an encounter with uh, an extraterrestrial and is transformed into this angelic fig- figure or star child uh, who returns to Earth as a savior type figure. And the idea is <laughs> that it's, it's this... The, the star child or the savior figure is, uh, the first of a new race that represents, uh, a spiritual transformation. And so it's, it's quite interesting. You know, there's like, again, there's some, uh, spiritual themes. Um, uh, they also, uh, look at technology and the potential, uh, upside as well as the downsides of technology and the idea again of, you know, technology without a, the proper moral or ethical framework can, you know, get out of hand. So we've seen that in our technological history, you know, where tech, technologies get developed before we really develop the framework to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so anyway, so it's kind of interesting <laughs> that the different themes that were woven into this back in 1968. Yeah, and and so if you were to draw one or two I guess this is one that we, neither one of us have seen recently. <laughs> but if we were, if you were to draw out one of the principles or two of the principles in there, um, have a Christian conception of, of something in there, what would you draw out? Like, say we were watching it together and you wanted it to teach me, um, uh, a redeeming fact about reality, the way things really are. Right. From this movie. Right. What, so I think, yeah, there are two that things. Okay question, I think, yeah, absolutely. So I think one <clears throat> is, uh, just the importance of, uh, considering the, the ethical implications of technology use and how important it is for Christians to engage in that. I mean, we can apply that to, you know, things that are on the forefront of, uh, developing technologies now, like artificial intelligence, as well as genetic, uh, manipulation and engineering. Yeah. Which we've talked about before exactly. on the show about like, what is the Chris, CRISPR nine? Mm hmm. CRISPR-Cas9, yeah. CRISPR-Cas9. And yeah, and just the idea that, you know, Christians need to be involved in the conversations about how to best use these technologies and what the ethical framework is, what are the moral questions and things like that, rather yeah. than shying away from it. So, so that's one is, is, you know, we need to be involved in those ethical conversations about the use of technology. And another is just this idea that, um, that is brought out here is that the spiritual transformation uh, is more important than uh, the transformations that come with technology. And the other, in, in other words, the spiritual, yeah, the spiritual, That's so good, yeah, the the spiritual life which enables you to make moral and ethical decisions is so much more important uh, than the technology for technology's sake. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's like that's a really interesting point to me at least because um the answer to today, our culture today, I feel like people think technological advances, the more we know, the better things are going to be. The, so so the knowledge or the advances in technology are what's going to solve it, but it's actually uh, the the answers are spiritual. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the way that we're going to get out of our predicament, the way that we've been the the predicament that we're in that everybody knows that we're in meaning something's wrong with the world mm-hmm. uh, is a spiritual predicament at its core. Yeah. And the answer is a spiritual answer. It's not more tech. It's, right. it's not more advances. Another thing that comes to my mind, and we can just skip this off or just let it roll off. But oftentimes I feel like we think today because of our technological advances, somehow we're smarter than people in the past yeah. and we're not right. You know, intelligence hasn't necessarily gone up just right. because we're more technologically advanced or even that we have more knowledge. I think there's a, a exactly. big confusion between knowledge and wisdom, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I'm even thinking, you know, like I, I had a conversation, I was just in Minneapolis with a, with, with a, the rethink student apologetics conference and through stand reason. And, and I was talking to one of the students or a group of students actually, I was making this point to them that, that we aren't, uh, we aren't any more, uh, intelligent than say, uh, you know, Pythagoras, right? I mean, these guys, I mean, think about the people who, who discovered math, you know, they discovered math, right? Like that's, that's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and now <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And we're building on that. Yeah. And and every day we have new discoveries. Anyways, that's yeah. just like, well, and look at somebody like Newton too. I mean, the guy that invented calculus. Oh my gosh! You know, and and my uh, wife is teaching calculus right now. Yeah, yeah, and parabolas you know, and and this yeah this one guy that asymptotes. Uh, 
asymptotes. Asymptotes. Yeah, there you go. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I know it's something on a graph. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. But well, somebody, somebody discovered bit. that. Right, exactly. And like I say, just Newton himself, like I say, um, basically discovering calculus and formulating the law of universal gravitational attraction, you know, and yeah. his three laws of motion and oh my the work that he did in optics and light and, you know, discovering, uh, that light, uh, is, uh, basically, uh, made up of wavelengths and, you know, just all these different things that he, he as one person discovered it's just mind boggling. And it's yet, you know, we stand on his shoulders with so much of what we do today in physics. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And I love the word that we're using here, discovered, not invent. Because yeah. Newton didn't invent calculus. You know, he discovered it. Yeah, and, essentially and as it out. as a I mean, you know, obviously there was some really intelligent work that he did in terms of figuring out how to use mathematics to you know to to do uh you know integrals and derivatives yeah. and all that sort of thing it was just it is amazing it's mind-boggling it is mind-boggling and, but but and at its core the reason why i pointed that out is because truth isn't invented it's discovered right you know so yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's some, there there's true there are truths out there that exist that we don't know right and I mean, sometimes I think about it too. I mean, we, conversations that kind of wax more philosophical is like, okay, we're discovering these laws of nature and whatnot. And, and in, in a sense, we're, you know, pulling the cover back on reality and describing what we see. So cool. Right. And I mean, as we see, I mean, even as science progresses, our descriptions of that reality get better. Yeah. They're still not perfect, right? I mean, I look at this when we go from Newtonian physics to Einstein's relativity. You know, there, there, there's an advancement there in terms of, of describing reality. Yeah. But it's, it is the reality that God created that we're trying to describe, yeah, right? That's right. So yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it is a process of discovery and, uh, making an attempt to, to describe it. That's so cool. And all of this stuff we've just been talking about, guys, if you're listening, all of this stuff we're talking about just comes out of a brief synopsis of a, a popular, a, a still a very popular, even though it's from, yeah. gosh, is that what, 40, 50 years ago? Crazy. Um, yeah. and, uh, 2001, a space odyssey. I mean, this is a movie that a lot of us have at least heard about. And I love the fact that, um, as we're coming up to our break, I love the fact that we can take these cool movies, these sci-fi movies, but we can turn them into a conversation like this that ultimately points to the glory of God. Absolutely. Which is so cool. Very cool. So before the break, what's the next movie you want to talk about? Well, should we go, should we dive into Star Wars? Have you seen Star Wars? Uh, the latest one? Uh, any of them. I have seen some of them. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, like I said, this is, I know it's, this it's, is love hate relationship that I have with sci-fi. I think it's really funny that that's the way it is. <laughs> I, I feel the same exact way when I'm watching a movie. Like, um, there's one on our list here that maybe before we dig into anything, we can just talk about this topically, but, um, there's one on our list here. What was it? Oh, interstellar. Oh yeah. Um, that movie drove me nuts. Yeah, me too. It just drove me nuts. The <laughs> worldview implications in it are, are, um, I just didn't, I just didn't like the movie. To yeah. Be with you. I didn't the like where the it was science going. of it drove me nuts. Yeah. So the philosophy, <laughs> the worldview implications and the science are all wrong. So that movie has to be rubbish. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's still, it makes you think though. You know what I mean? And at the same time, it still makes you think. It did make you think. And, and the cool thing is, is I have friends who really love the movie, mm -hmm. uh, Christian and non-Christian friends who really love the movie. And we had a lot of great conversations. Maybe we'll get there to it. Yeah. Um, but after the break, I want to talk about Star Wars. Okay. Because I love Star Wars and Star Wars is a huge thing. So there's a, a, a pay subscription thing on TV, Disney Plus that just came out this week. And my family subscribed to it, and they have like all the Star Wars on wow. it. So I'm watching it with all my kids. Awesome. It's amazing. So hey, guys, we are Apologetics.com Radio. I'm in studio with Dr. Leslie Wickman. I am John Noyes. Um, I'm a host here at Apologetics.com, and uh, we would love to have you call us. So when we're back from the break, give us a try, and we'll continue talking about movies till we hear from you. We'll be back in, I don't know, 90 seconds? Cool.
Yes. And they figure it out, and then all of mankind is saved, Daniel. That's fantastic. That that uh that is the iconic music from two thousand one A Space Odyssey. It is. Is that um who was the conductor for that? Was that what's his the, the same guy who did Jaws and Star Wars and um, I don't know. Oh, what's his name, Daniel? Do you, who am I thinking of? Well, this was taken from something a little older, actually. A little older, older than two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, it's like a. It's I, I was doing some research. It's a classical song, actually, that they reused. Oh, they reused it, huh? Wow. Well, I th- John Williams. That's who I was thinking. You know, because that's like very John Williams esque. You know. Interesting. That's crazy. So they they ripped it from a uh, from something even more ancient. Yeah. Okay, 1896. No. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 1896. That's 1968 transpos- transposed. Transpo- oh, look at that. 1896, 1968. God just moved. Whoa. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is crazy. Do you guys witness what's happened? It's like crossing the streams. We just uh, we just witnessed something here. Now, if you guys are tuning in, we're not just talking about music or transposing dates we are talking all things apologetics especially tonight on apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe uh, we are taking your calls number one you can get us by dialing uh 888-995-5552 and uh, tonight is a very special night it's uh, well every third saturday of the month is a very special Saturday because we talk all things science and we have Dr. Leslie Wickman who's amazing and she's done everything. There's nothing you've done that she hasn't. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and that may or may not be true, but, <laughs> but, uh, what she is, is she's the executive director of the ASA, the American Scientific Affiliation, and they have an amazing website. It's www.asa, the number three, dot org. And that is a free resource for you guys to have. And they have so much stuff. You gotta check them out. And don't just stop checking them out. You gotta become a member. It's phenomenal. Does that even cost? Well, you can be a, a follower for free. You can be a follower. Or you can join for a measly $85 a year. Yeah. And who wants to be a follower? Right. You want to be the full-fledged, you know, uh, participant member. member. Exactly, yeah. Member. And uh, if you do the membership, you get journals yep. uh, quarterly? Yes, quarterly journals. Um, <clears throat> you have access to all of the resources on the website, including pre um, previous plenary speakers from meetings. Yeah. In fact, um, also just to put in another plug for our annual meeting that's coming up next July, which will be in Southern California at Point Loma Nazarene University during uh, July 24th through the 27th, um, information about that conference will be on the, the website as well. Dude, it's going to be so much fun. Absolutely. It's You're going to be there? Yes. I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, absolutely. I like have. I don't have like four jobs now. Sweet. So I should be freed up to go. Fit it in. It'd be so much fun. And Absolutely. then you can teach me how to surf. Okay. Because I don't know how. That sounds good. That's a deal. I haven't been into the ocean in a very long time, even though I like live right here on the ocean. Anyways, so tonight what we're talking about, and we're having a lot of fun doing it, is we're talking about something that uh, we don't normally hear, is we're talking about science fiction movies. Exactly. Which makes Dr. Wickman feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> She's squeaming, uh, squirming in her seat as exactly. we speak. Exactly. Exactly. I have a love-hate relationship with space movies. Yeah, because they're not always accurate in their science. Yeah. They're not always fantastic in their philosophy. Yep. But dang, they are entertaining. They're entertaining and they they have some good opportunities for uh, discussing themes that go deeper than the surface story. That's right. And we just got done talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey, um, about the advances of technology and how we as Christians need to uh, be influential in that conversation. Exactly. And, and more there, you know, and, and a lot more. But also, uh, and also the spiritual truths of the world around us, that the problems that we're facing aren't always necessarily solvable uh, via tech. There, right. there's uh, most of the, the more, more important ones, I would say, the most important uh, conversations of the day are spiritual in nature. Right, exactly. And, and they get at human nature, the nature of existence, the nature of God. Yeah. Good and evil. Exactly. You know, uh, need for a savior. Yeah. And uh, so these sci-fi. Rescuer. Yeah, yeah, again, these sci-fi movies can be a great starting point for conversations that go deeper. And one of the, the, the favorites, sci-fi movies of all time are the Star Wars franchise. 
Yeah, you know, and as the uh, the show Big Bang Theory always asks, you know, are you a Star Wars or a Star Trek person? Are they pitted against each other? Kinda, kinda, sorta. You know. So, so do you have you seen Star Wars? I have. You've seen Star I've Wars. I've seen Star Wars and Star Trek. Do, have you seen Star Wars since 1977? <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think I am? Uh, Thirty-eight. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> In any case, I have seen both and um, both Star Trek too. Star Trek and Star. There's like Wars. a million Star Trek. I know. I know. It. What's your favorite one? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't don't ask me that. The Wrath of Khan. Oh. Have you seen that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. Vaguely, yeah, that's good. I anyway, mean, <laughs> anyway, you're the one who wanted to talk about all this. So the so are, would you prefer? Okay, if I said, hey Leslie, why don't you come on over to my house? My wife and I will cook dinner. We'll get the girls. We'll watch your choice, either Star Wars or Star Trek. Which one would you want? Definitely Star Wars. Why? Because there's definitely more depth in the uh, theology and faith side of things on Star Wars than there is. The Star Trek, actually, it's interesting. It um, often uh, kind of uh, dismisses the notion of God and the supernatural, as well as faith and religion, uh, whereas Star Wars kind of tackles it head on. You know, I mean, it's it's all oh, yeah. good, good and evil, uh, the force, you know, the force be with you and all that sort of thing. I mean, some people have gone so far as to say that the force is equivalent to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, well, they'd say it's a, the, the quote. I have a quote in front of me from Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. That's the original. You know, it's not technically the first Star Wars, but it's the original Star Wars. Okay. That came out in 77. It says, the force is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. And uh, it reminds me of Paul's words when he says, there's one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And um, and then he says that Jesus Christ holds, holds everything all together. together. All you know, so, together yeah. so it's a really interesting parallel there. I wonder if that was intentional. Well, I, I do think actually, I mean, George Lucas has some kind of ecumenical ideas of theology and religion. So I, you know, I. So th- not Christian necessarily, but, uh, but theistic or deistic? Yeah, I, I, I'd probably, I mean, again, you know, I haven't talked to the guy personally. We should have him on the show. That would be awesome. If Could anybody is listening right now and they know George's phone number. If you would just text that to me or uh, know it better yet, email it to us uh, or get it to us through the apologetics.com. Uh, we would love to get in touch with George Lucas. That would be amazing. And he's probably listening right now. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, it's pretty prominent in Star Wars. You know, this whole good yeah. versus evil, dark versus light, um, the force, all this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Even just becoming one with the force, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, becoming one with it. There's an exclusive claim. Yeah. You know, it's this way or or the dark side. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't think you do that accidentally. Yeah, I don't think so. So, and and the converse, you think uh, um, the the Star Trek producers and writers did it intentionally? Well, are they atheistic? I I I don't know that I'd say they're atheistic. I think that um, the creator of Star Trek, though, has been called a secular humanist. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I you know I mean we should have him on with Lucas. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, and we'll open up the mics. Awesome. No, we could have them as a plenary at the uh, the ASA <laughs> or annual a panel meeting. discussion. Uh, oh my goodness! Wouldn't that be? I awesome? like the way you're thinking. Okay. And they could discuss these things for us. Yeah. Or with us. Awesome. Even better. So 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 there's these eternal truths that run through the narrative of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And and in fact, I mean, one of the questions that I'd like to get to if we if we have time during this broadcast. Would well, you is, want to do it just now? Yeah, we could. We Why could not? do it right now. I mean we've got twenty minutes left, not even. Yeah, so so the whole idea, you know, there are these themes that run through so many of these uh space and sci fi movies of good and evil and you know, faith in something bigger than yourself. Oh yeah. Is this again, you know, why is it that we see this? Is it intentional by the just the creators of these uh, stories that want to address these questions or is it something that is so embedded in human nature that it's bound to come through yeah i mean my my 
inclination would be the latter, right? Yeah, I mean, or maybe a little bit of both. I mean, well, it's probably the latter that influences the intentionality, the former. Of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's this uh, there's there's a tension in uh, reality, you know, good versus evil, for example, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Clay Jones, I don't know if you know who Clay Jones is. He, he teaches at, uh, Talbot. Um, his specialty is the problem of evil. Mm, and okay. he said something once and it's always stuck with me. He's written it probably in his book. Um, that, oh man, it's, it's something to the effect that, uh, when we look at the Christian story, we tend to think, oh, well, this is a, this is a fairy tale. Maybe this is a fairy tale or something, but it's actually the opposite. Like all fairy tales mm-hmm. have been based off of that, right. that story, that story of reality, the true story of reality. Right. And we intuitively, everybody knows that there's certain truths, yeah. you know, um, the existence of a, of a moral nature, a depth, right. there's a moral depth to the world. So if, um, if you're going to make a good movie, if you're going to write a good book, you're going to explore You've got to, because that's what that's what our soul's crying out for. You're right. In fact, that kind of brings us to one of the movies that I want to try to talk about at least briefly, which is the the Matrix series. Did you like the Matrix series? I liked. Yes. Have you seen them? Yeah. And again, you know, I still have that love hate thing with the, you know, is this this is not realistic. I am shocked that you like the Matrix. Well, I just what I like about it is that it. I mean, it's such a clear parallel for the, the gospel in so many ways. You know, with with Neo being the savior, and um, you know, one of the things that I also like about it is. Um, it resonates with some of C.S. Lewis's writings where he talks about the world, this this physical world being the illusion and the true reality being the spiritual realm. Yeah. You know, I just think that's such a beautiful parallel with what they did there. Um, yeah. I have some really good quotes from Lewis on this stuff. And it's like, I love Lewis here. Yeah. He's fantastic. But yeah, so, okay. I haven't seen The Matrix in... I mean, forever. It's one of those, sh- it's one of those movies that's on Netflix or whatever. And like, I always kind of pass it by. I have a, I have a confession to make. Uh oh. Yeah. Here we go. Please forgive me. <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves is amazing. Okay. I love Keanu I, Reeves. I liked him in The Matrix. I think that his movies are phenomenal. I, I, I like him. I, he seems like a good guy. You know, he's never in the tabloids doing stupid stuff. We it seems like to me. Don't yeah, judge we, me. We, no, I'm not judging you. You're but judging Bill me. Bill and Ted's. Tell. I don't know. A Bill and Ted's excellent <laughs> <Okay>. adventure. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Is that sci-fi? <laughs> no. I, you're just saying that because you don't want to talk about it. Oh, I'm saying that it's not <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> So, anyway, Matrix. let's come back to the Matrix. So the Matrix. Okay. So the premise of the Matrix is is that there's uh, there's this false perception of reality that's mm-hmm. happening in a collective mind or computer, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of plugged into it. Yeah. And then Neo is kind of freed from that, and he has the option, I think, to take a red pill or a blue pill. Yeah. And he to to escape that false reality and enter the real reality, or to stay in the false reality. Mm-hmm. And he chooses he chooses to. I guess leave the matrix as well. And then he, and then he sacrifices himself to free everybody else. Does he die? Yeah. In one of them, yeah. Oh, Keanu. He, he might, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen, um, all of them. It's been a long while. But But the first uh, one, I mean, the first one was put out in 1999. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 20 years ago. That's when I graduated high school, I think. Wow. I think. But anyway, one of the, actually, you know, like I said, I did a lot of research in preparing for this show. And one of the um, commentators brought uh, a passage of scripture up that kind of relates to the matrix in Ezekiel 13, uh, 10. It says, evil prophets deceive my people by saying all is peaceful when there is no peace at all. It's as if the people have built a flimsy wall. And these prophets are trying to reinforce it by covering it with whitewash. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's exactly what C.S. Lewis is saying is that this physical reality that we're living in, we've been, we've been duped into believing that this is all there is and that this is the ultimate meaning and whatnot. And the reality is that the spiritual realm is where the, the true reality is. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, cool stuff. That's super cool. Yeah, The Matrix. Yeah. Who would have thunk? I know, right? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He does all the best work. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. Point Break. 
That's not sci-fi, though. No, it's not. Next month, we'll have to talk surfing movies <laughs> or bank robbery movies. No, but these, but no, but I, I, and also just the philosophy that runs through it. Um, again, we come back to the theme of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that in that one, what's popping out in my mind in the Matrix is the, the, the given choice to believe a lie. Yeah. To continue to believe in a lie or not to and break free from that lie. Mm-hmm. So the, in my, like, in, it's a clear parallel between, you know, uh, Christianity and, and the world, right? The yeah. world around us with the, the, in our culture specifically, you know, naturalism or materialism. Mm-hmm. Um, atheism ultimately yeah. would, would, is, is telling us a lie that the world is a certain way, but and that that's this, a delusion. Yeah. And that, yeah, that this physical rule, world is all that there is. And yeah. that's, it's the delusion. That's the ultimate delusion. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said this, and I'm just going to just read it real quick. He said, nature never taught me uh, that there exists a God of glory and of infinite majesty. I had to learn that in other ways, but nature gave the word glory meaning for me. I still not, uh, I still do not know where else I could have found one. And then he goes on to say that our desire is not to see glory, but to participate in the glory we see. And that's why I think that these movies, that last line there, I think that's why these types of movies are so popular mm-hmm. and sci-fi novels. I have um, a really good friend. Um, he's one of my supporters at Stand the Reason. He's an amazing man. And he collects sci-fi novels. And wow. you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I, I never in a million years would think that this man reads sci-fi um, because he's very serious and uh, very analytical mm-hmm. and, you know, executive. And, uh, but, but I think this last line, right? Our desire is not to see glory, but to participate in the glory we see. And science fiction novels and sci-fi allows us to do that. Hmm. Um, and art in general, mm-hmm. I think allows us to do that. Yeah. You know, we yeah. get to participate in the glory that God has given. Yeah. And, and again, like we've talked about before, it's such a great starting point to engage people in conversations about deeper issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're intentional, and this is like, we're talking apologetics stuff, right? If we want to bring apologetics into it, uh, the cultural apologetics, I mean, this is a way for us to bring what we're, what we're thinking about, what we learn. If you're a, you know, apologetics junkie, um, you know, you, you read all these great books by the best Christian apologists out there. And what are you doing with that knowledge? This is a great way to enter into conversation. Absolutely. Um, and, and even just going like the Star Wars stuff, I think is like, I mean, it's it's never been more popular. Yeah, and to be able to have an an intelligible an, an in- intelligent, intentional conversation centered around the things of God. Yeah, while using as a tool something like Star Wars exactly. is amazing, and it's exactly. not weird because the authors and the and the writers and the scriptwriters and the producers have given it to yeah. us. And it's it's also another instance of. Um, I think us as Christians, we don't need to be running from the culture. Right, exactly. It's culturally relevant. People are already engaged in it. And if there's something that appeals about that, those deep themes of, you know, ultimate reality, you know, who we are, who God is, why are we here? Um, What's our purpose? Uh, Where did we come from? All those big questions. One of the ones I really want to talk about is this, this, um, thing that Wally and Interstellar have in common. I love Wally. Okay. And it kind of goes back to our theme last month of yeah. environmental stewardship. Yeah. And, and Wally is the, uh, the animated film by Disney that's, uh, that's centered around, um, the, the premise is that there's a, a machine. Right. You know, Wally, who is like a trash picker up there. Exactly. And Earth has been over, like it's it's just been trashed, literally right, ex- trashed. Exactly. So it's a dump. It's a big dump, and humanity had to escape on a huge spaceship. Right, and that yeah. So and they're like super fat, and they drink all their meals. Right, and sit around in lounge chairs. And yeah, it's crazy. Never move. So, yeah. So and the idea <clears throat> that you know they've got Wally and these machines cleaning up the planet, and you know, and and in Interstellar. Again, they're basically leaving Earth to find a new home planet. So um, the idea of both of them is really, you know, that, you know, we should be taking care of this planet that we do have. And it goes back to what I said earlier on about the overview effect and this appreciation for the unique gift that yeah. planet Earth is. Yeah, that's I, I think that's a both of those movies. Um, for me, Wally is like 
I mean, it's explicit there. Yeah. And absolutely. so, well, same thing with Interstellar. I mean, that's kind of the premise. Yeah. Even though the science was bad and the philosophy was bad. Yeah. But <laughs> Wally, I mean, Wally is right on. Yeah. You know, I mean, in every way. <laughs> Wally was awesome. It's unbelievable. It's a great movie. <laughs> you know, Definitely. Highly recommend movie. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are a couple of movies on here that we haven't on your list here. Yeah. You have signs on here. I do have signs on there. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you I mean, remember that, signs? Uh, Mel Gibson, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, and I'm sure some other famous people that I don't remember. Yeah. It. Yeah. And aliens, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was really aliens. Yeah. I mean, not really, but, but really yeah, in the and movie. It, it brought up some big questions. Like what? Well, uh, for example, the, the, the idea of the, the premise of the title of the movie, Signs, what's a sign, right? And, and how many coincidences do you have to have line up for something to seem like there is some sort of intelligence yeah. pointing you towards something? Yeah, because one of the characters, was it, was it Mel Gibson's character? He was a pastor. Or a priest. Yeah, I can't remember the a characters minister. all that well. And he and he had a brother. He lost his wife, I think, in a car accident. It's all coming back to me okay. now. See, the problem with me in, in movies, and my wife says this, is like, I see a movie once, and I remember it really, really well. Wow. I'm a very visual person. So I've seen signs probably once or twice, but I remember it now as we're talking about it. Cool. And he was hit by a drunk driver, and he killed his wife. And so, so there's that running through it. And the, and one of the central themes in that is that Mel Gibson, he was a former minister and he lost his wife and then he like kind of lost his faith at the same time and relating it to what you said about signs and Joaquin Phoenix, I believe is his younger brother in the movie, uh, like kind of like a washed up has been baseball star, you know, mm-hmm. was, was supposed to go somewhere and didn't. And he was like a firm believer, like all these signs are happening. Mm. And Mel Gibson was like, no, like this. He he was like a, a firm skeptic in every well, yeah. sense of the word. And, you know, often we will talk about, you know, are there any coincidences in yeah. God's kingdom, right? Yeah, God's well, absolutely. Economy. So, so, yeah. So, anyway, it's, it's you know, recognizing whether something is, is just a pure a luck thing or was there some purpose behind it, right? So that that is the one thing that I think permeated that, that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point to bring out. Right. And again, guys, if you're listening, I mean, these are points that you can bring up to your friends if if they watch these types of movies. I mean, you it, it, you just have to train your mind to be thinking this way. Yeah. You know, kind of critically as you're watching a movie. Um, it's not necessarily just for entertainment. It's like, well, what kind of what worldview principles uh, can I pull out of this? Signs. I'm I'm surprised Signs was on here. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it does address the the problem of evil too. You know, and how can oh. a, how can a good God, you know, allow evil? I mean, that comes up. I mean, that's probably the number one objection to faith that people have. Yeah, which is really interesting um, because it's an actually it, the problem of evil. I've done probably two or three shows in the last two years on this, but mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the problem of evil is actually not a problem for Christianity. It's a problem for you know a, a skeptical view. Yeah, it's not a problem for Christians. Um, we have a solution. Yeah, you know, getting rid of Christianity because of the problem of evil is only merely removing one of the solutions, one possible solution. Yeah. Uh, okay, we have to talk about. We have like five minutes left, but we have to mention it's ET. Okay. I mean, ET is like, I mean, it's iconic, yes, right? Nineteen eighty-two. This is uh, was was is um, who's the director of this? Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. I think he probably did like all of these movies. We're talking no, about. not all of them, but a lot. <laughs> a lot of them. I mean, it's crazy, you know. And uh, yeah. So ET, it was uh, the extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Eighty-two. Right. And that's where Drew Barrymore popped on the scene. Oh my gosh! As yeah. a baby, I mean, she was like what five. You know, or yeah. six. Yeah. Young. Wait, wait, was, yeah, I guess that was, was she also in Close Encounters or was that somebody else? Somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's another great one. Yeah. But anyway, they're, they're this direct, uh, kind of relationship between the extraterrestrial and Christ, right? And this, you know, extraterrestrial comes from somewhere in space and, Helps this little boy who is lost and separated from his father, and he provides physical healing with the glowing finger. Remember? Oh, that's right. And uh, the two two of them remain connected even when they're apart. Yeah. And, 
uh, and E.T. eventually dies and is resurrected. <laughs> I mean, there's all Dude, these similarities. E.T. is just like Jesus. Exactly. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's so much fun. And, and that's all just from watching a cool Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. They fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember oh, that? Right. They ride yeah. the bikes. Yeah, exactly. And the flying fl- bikes. <laughs> across the moon. You know, they go across that's that right. huge that's full right. moon. Yeah. That's phenomenal. What a great movie. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's like a great movie. And yeah. now we have like a minute left. Dare we try to talk about something else? I don't think so, but I think we could kind of circle back and just talk about, you know, how impressive it is that so many of these movies have these theological themes written into them. Super impressive. Yeah, and and the fact that they're such a great place to start conversations with people. Yeah, and you can't like we said you can't escape these things. Because these themes are, are were really written on our heart, you know. Yeah, exactly. If if people want to hit, uh, if they want to write a book or make a movie or or paint a painting or whatever their art is that they want to do, um, they have to strike at the core fundamental uh, reality yeah. of who we are as people. And they're universal themes. They resonate with all humanity. And what a better connecting mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah, and they they seek to answer those most important questions. You know, questions of origin, meaning, purpose, destiny. Morality, good and, uh, good and good evil. And evil, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and um, and so next time you guys are watching a movie, um, try to just pull out a couple of principles. Like with me, with my kids, I try to pull out principles. Um, they sometimes get sick of me, like because I'm always pulling out the principles. <laughs> but I, whatever, I'm rather have them well trained and equipped. But um, pull out them for your friends, even if you're sitting around watching, uh, you know, the new Star Wars that's going to be coming exactly. out this winter. And have some good conversations about God and Jesus with it. Absolutely. Dr. Leslie Wickman, you're amazing. So are you, John. Great show. Go awesome. to asa3.org. Sign up for the conference that's coming this summer to Point Loma. Dr. Wickman will teach you how to surf. And then also, <laughs> um, and uh, the great resources there for you. So uh, this is Apologetics.com Radio. I'm John Noyes. And uh, we are just happy that you came. We, uh, we really are. And we look forward to being with you.